Hello all, and welcome to this episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores history's military mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long-forgotten MIAs are remembered here. Today's episode is titled, The Eternal Patrol of the USS Triton, and I'm your host, Rick Stone. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the Foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. If you're hearing this preview of No Home for Heroes on your YouTube or audio burst, we invite you to listen to the complete podcast on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Today's story is a naval mystery, and we here at the Foundation want to dedicate this episode to Dr. G and all of our loyal listeners at the Naval History and Heritage Command at the Washington Naval Yard. Thank you for your support, and we hope you enjoy the show. Today's episode is captured from case number 0342 of the investigative case files of the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. In October 2017, the Foundation received a request from the family of Seaman First Class Joseph Fedorchak, who vanished aboard a World War II American submarine, which was officially declared missing under unknown circumstances and presumed lost with all hands. But, and there's always a but in history's military mysteries, our investigation requested by the Fedorchak family found that the ship's bell of the missing submarine was on display at the United States Navy's Great Lakes Naval Training Center, even though the ship has never been found. How does this happen? Well, stay tuned to today's episode of No Home for Heroes, and we'll clear it all up for you. Joseph Fedorchak was born in Oliphant, Pennsylvania, to Fred and Mary Fedorchak on 15 April 1921. At the time of the 1930 census, Joseph was living with his mother, two brothers, and two sisters in Oliphant, Pennsylvania. His father was not listed on the 1930 census, and his mother was noted as the head of the household. Joseph's father was born in Austria and worked as a coal miner and a police officer in Oliphant, Pennsylvania. And Joseph's mother was born in the Ukraine. Joseph joined the United States Navy Reserves on 27 July 1942 in New York City. He was 21 years of age. Joseph was single. He had brown hair and blue eyes. After basic training, Seaman First Class Fedorchak volunteered for submarine duty and was assigned to Newport, Rhode Island to attend submarine school. Upon graduation, Seaman First Class Fedorchak was transferred to the USS Guardfish. The Guardfish was a Gato-class submarine which had completed two war patrols before returning to Pearl Harbor on 28 November 1942. Seaman First Class Fedorchak achieved a rating as a motor machinist mate and was transferred from the Guardfish to the USS Triton on 27 January 1943 in Brisbane, Australia. Seaman First Class Fedorchak would make only one submarine war patrol. Sadly, it would be his first and his last. On 16 February 1943, the Triton began her sixth and final war patrol, 
under command of Lieutenant Commander George Kenneth McKenzie, Jr. Captain McKenzie was assigned to destroy enemy shipping between the Shortland Islands and Rabaul. Ten days after leaving, the Triton reported that she had seen smoke four days earlier and that the Japanese had installed a radar site on Buka Island. About noon on 6 March 1943, the Triton attacked a convoy in a patrol area assigned to another submarine, the USS Trigger, about 145 miles northwest of the Admiralty Islands. The Triton sank the 3,000-ton Japanese cargo ship Kirha Maru and damaged another freighter, the Mito Maru. One of the Triton's torpedoes missed the target and in the fear of all submariners made a circular run back towards the submarine. Captain McKenzie crash-dived the sub to evade his own errant torpedo. The Triton's radio report on 7 March 1943, amended by another radio report the next day, stated that the convoy had been composed of five ships and one destroyer escort. Triton reported the Japanese convoy's speed and course and that the fact she had sunk two transports and damaged another, claiming three hits out of six torpedoes fired. Triton attacked another convoy on the night of 8 March 1943 and claimed that five of the eight torpedoes she had fired had scored hits. The Triton could not observe the results or make a follow-up attack because gunfire from the convoy's escorts forced her down. The last word received from Triton's radio came on 11 March 1943 when she reported, quote, two groups of smoke, five or more ships each, plus escorts, am chasing, end quote. Triton was ordered in response to stay south of the equator and was informed that the adjacent area was assigned to the USS Trigger. This information was intended to avoid any friendly fire confrontations between Trigger and Triton. No further radio contact was ever received from the USS Triton. On 13 March 1943, Triton was warned by radio that three enemy destroyers were in her area and were either looking for a convoy or were hunting American submarines. There was no response from the Triton. Two days later, Trigger reported that she had attacked a convoy and had been depth charged. Even after the attacks on her ceased, Trigger reported that she could hear distant depth charging for about an hour. Triton, on 16 March 1943, was ordered to change her area slightly to the east, but again, there was no response from the submarine. Triton was told to clear her area on 25 March 1943 and return to Brisbane. Once again, she failed to acknowledge these instructions. She also failed to make a report of her position, provide new results, or an estimated time of arrival in Australia, despite being ordered to do so. On 8 April 1943, Triton failed to arrive in Brisbane on the date calculated based on her last reported distance and she was ordered to return. Two days later, Triton was officially reported overdue from patrol and presumed loss. The formal announcement of her loss was made by the War Department on July 22, 1943, in Navy Communique Number 447, dated 22 July 1943. 1. 
the USS submarine Triton has failed to return from patrol operations and must be presumed to be lost. The next of kin of personnel in the Triton have been so informed. So, there's where our mystery begins. What actually happened to the Triton and her gallant crew? Well, to begin our investigation for the Fedorchak family, our researchers first gathered some basic information about the ship. The USS Triton sailed on her last patrol with a total of 74 crew members on board. These 74 included 7 officers and 67 enlisted men. The Triton was 307 feet long and displaced 2,370 tons when submerged. She was armed with 10 21-inch torpedo tubes, 6 in the bow and 4 in the stern. She carried 24 Mark 14 torpedoes, or in this case, 40 mines, 1 3-inch deck gun, and 2 50 caliber machine guns. On her last patrol, she carried the torpedoes and not the mines. The Triton's four Fairbanks Morse Model 38D8 opposed piston diesel engines could propel her on the surface at 20.4 knots. When submerged, the Triton's two 126-cell Sargo batteries powered four high-speed General Electric motors that turned two propellers. Under electric power, the Triton could make a maximum speed of 8.7 knots for short periods of time, but could creep along underwater at 2 knots for up to 48 hours. The Triton's maximum depth was test rated at 250 feet. And her radio call sign of the USS Triton was Nan Abel Victor Fox. Nan Abel Victor Fox. Willis A. Lent of the United States Navy was the first captain of the Triton. He commanded other submarines during the war in both Pacific and the Atlantic theater. The second captain of the Triton, Charles C. Kirkpatrick, was awarded three Navy crosses for his actions as commander of the Triton. He later served on the staff of Admiral Ernest King and saw additional combat in the Pacific as the captain of a minesweeper. Our investigation found post-war examination of Japanese records revealed that on 15 March 1943, three Japanese warships, the Submarine Chaser No. 22, Submarine Chaser No. 24, and the destroyer Zatsuki, attacked a submarine near the Triton's assigned area and subsequently observed an oil slick, debris, and items with American markings. Enemy reports show that these ships made their attack at coordinates 00 degrees 9 north, 144 degrees 55 east. This position was slightly north and west of the Triton's assigned area. It is presumed that Triton left her area to attack the destroyers or the convoy that they were escorting. The report of the attack by the Japanese destroyers leaves little doubt as to whether an American submarine was sunk, since the Japanese reported, quote, a great quantity of oil, pieces of wood, cork, and manufactured goods bearing the mark made in USA, end quote. In addition, another submarine, the USS Trigger, who we spoke of earlier, in whose area this attack occurred, reported that on the same day, 15 March 1943, 
she made two attacks on a convoy of five freighters and two escorts at approximately the same area. And at the time, she was depth charged, but not seriously, and she heard distant depth charging for an hour after the escort, escorts had stopped attacking her. As the trigger was only about 10 miles from the reported Japanese attack sighted above, it was later officially determined by the U.S. Navy that she had more likely heard the attack which sank the USS Triton. It should be noted that the trigger also reported that she was not able to get a response to her radio calls on 15 March 1943. Well, this is explicable by the fact that during World War II, long-distance radio transmissions were often affected by atmospheric conditions and localized anomalies in specific geographic regions. As the trigger was in the same general area of the Triton, this may explain why no radio calls were heard from the Triton from 11 March until she was presumed lost on 15 March 1943. The sunken wreck of the USS Triton has never been located. The depth of the water at the reported site of the sinking is approximately 7,326 feet. For comparison, those of you who follow naval affairs, the depth of the wreck of the Titanic was found at about 12,500 feet. In 1944, a posthumous award of the Purple Heart was presented to Seaman First Class Fedorchak's mother, Mrs. Mary Fedorchak of Bloomfield, New Jersey. Mrs. Fedorchak also received Seaman First Class Fedorchak's submarine combat insignia and the submarine combat patrol insignia with three gold stars. The third gold star indicates four more successful patrols by the USS Triton. The Defense POW-MIA Accounting Agency, or DPAW, currently lists Seaman First Class Fedorchak and all of his 73 fellow crew members of the Triton as missing in action, or officially known as unresolved. Okay, I can hear you thinking. So if the wreck of the Triton has never been found and is presumed sunk in over 7,000 feet of water, how did the ship's bell wind up at the Navy's Great Lake Training Center? Well, we promised you an answer, and here it is. Our investigation found that the ship's bell of the USS Triton was not on board the submarine when she was lost. After Pearl Harbor in 1941, the bell was removed to prevent accidental ringing during wartime conditions. Like the ship itself, the bell which had been removed from the submarine, was then lost, and it was probably shuffled through various storage facilities in the dustbin of history. The old movie, The Raiders of the Lost Ark, with crates and crates of government property in storage facilities, comes to mind. The ship's bell had been missing for 43 years, but was discovered by a teenage grandson of a former Triton crew member. The grandson stumbled upon the mystery online and identified the bell as one of his grandfather had had on display in his living room. His grandfather was a former Navy reservist who had previously served on the submarine tender. It then took the efforts of veterans and families from those missing on the Triton to get the grandfather to agree to donate the bell back to the Navy, and it wound up 
at the Navy's Recruit Training Center in Great Lakes. On 17 May 2012, the Triton's Bell was formally welcomed into its new home at Great Lakes Naval Training Center in the aptly named USS Triton Recruit Barracks. The bell from the Triton, lost for so many years, remains at that exact location in the USS Triton Recruit Barracks to this very day. Bravo Zulo, Nan Abel Victor Fox, which is naval parlance for well done, Triton. Thank you for listening to this episode of No Home for Heroes. We hope you've enjoyed today's production, and we invite you to check out our other episodes. You can now subscribe to listen free on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you like to listen to podcasts. Don't forget to tune in every Saturday when we will post a new episode of History's Military Mysteries Missing in Action. Episodes of No Home for Heroes are produced from the actual investigative case files of the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation, dedicated to providing information to the families of missing American servicemen and American servicewomen. As always, we greatly appreciate your comments, and a special link is available for you to contact us on our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. Our next episode is titled, Seven Heroes Buried Side by Side and Never Found. Learn how seven Marines lost their lives together in the waning hours of the Battle of Tarawa and were buried side by side, where their graves were carefully marked on a military map with grid coordinates listed in each of the Marines' official records. But, and as we said earlier, there's always a but in history's military mysteries. You sure don't want to miss this one because the government agency assigned to find MIAs can't seem to read the map. How can that happen? Well, I'm not sure we'll have the answer to being acutely dysfunctional, but we will tell you the full story next week on No Home for Heroes. Until next time, be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas. I'm your host, Rick Stone, reminding you that poor is the nation that has no heroes, but shameful is the nation that, having heroes, forgets them. <laughs>